23 years ago, in the year 1999, we sent a son of the house together with his wife to the nation of Zambia. After many years of serving in Zambia and planting churches in Zambia, Miss Amy and I went down to Livingston Lighthouse Church and we sent Pastor Alfie and Miss Edith to Nels Pruitt, South Africa, where they have for the past many years been planting churches and overseeing churches. Today they have seven churches in that nation that they are caring for and raising up. So I'm going today to push the second part of my series aside, and we just found out this past week, Pastor Alfie is in town, and I've invited him to come. Would you welcome Pastor Alfie Karayuki to come and minister the Word of God today? Amen. God is good, and all the time, amen, amen. Psalm 137 verse 1, if you would turn there with me, Psalm 137 verse 1, and as you're turning, my sincere gratitude to you, Pastor and Miss Amy, for your continued, consistent love, support, and example all these years. And uh, Miss Edith and I are eternally grateful for that. I want to also say thank you to the pastoral team, the staff, and the entire congregation here at Nairobi Lighthouse Church for your prayers and your support without which we would have been totally ineffective and unfruitful. And over the 20 years, Pastor mentioned 23 years, 23 years ago, we have also come to deeply appreciate and deeply respect all the volunteers in our church family. Now, 100% of our leaders are volunteers and all our campus pastors are pastoring as well as working part-time or full-time in the marketplace. And so recently we've been having conversations with the pastors in our city because we normally have uh, once a month we meet together and in the month of August we met about maybe 20 of us met in our, in our building. Come on somebody, hallelujah. That's a breakthrough just by itself. About the reality, this is a reality that most believers spend more than 40 hours a week at work. So if you look at the believers, which is the majority of those that are in our congregation uh, most of them are volunteers and they work more than 40 hours a week and they spend less than five hours a week at church. And we also found out that additionally, most of their spiritual energy is spent during those five hours at church. So we have 40 hours at work in the marketplace and we have five hours at church and most of the spiritual energy is spent during those five hours. And this is the question that we raised, and I want to raise that to you today. Could it be 
that we are underutilizing the 40 hours? Could it be that those five hours are just meant to recharge the believers for their actual ministry, which is within and in the 40 hours? And so we began to uh, talk about the church or the Sunday experience being like a petrol station. In SA, we call it the garage, where you go and you receive fuel. And I don't know whether you've noticed this, but the cars do not remain at the petrol station. You get filled up so that you can go. Now, usually the reason why there's a queue at the petrol station is if there's a shortage of petrol. And so this morning, I want to talk about discovering the evangelist in you. Pastor has been talking about and began last week on discoveries for God's church to fulfill God's mission. And so today I want to add and complement to that discovery. Maybe just leave a discovery with us today. In Psalm 137 verse 1 to 4, it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yes, we wept. When we remembered Zion. Now, if you knew me before I met Christ, for me to read that sentence without singing it means I, I, my spirit man has been regenerated. Hallelujah. Come on, how many of you can join and say, I'm born again? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. But let, me, let, me, let me try it again. Help me, Lord. <laughs> By the rivers. Come on, talk to me. By the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. Yes, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we may laugh about it, but this is a lament. We hung our haps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Now, these are the Babylonians who are challenging those from Zion. And they are saying, we want a song from Zion. Now, if you have any doubt as to whether God has given us the harvest, it's not that we are praying for the harvest. It's been given to us. And what we have to do is to go and get a hold of it. Hallelujah. But the Babylonians are asking the, the, the guys, the, the Israelites, and they are saying, sing us a song from Zion. But this is how they respond. It says, how shall we sing a song of the Lord in a foreign land? And they completely missed the point because in Babylon, they were missing Zion. And God tells them, listen guys, you better settle down in Babylon. Build, marry. And then he says that because I want you to sing the songs of Zion in Babylon. Now it's good to sing the songs of Zion in Zion. But God's eternal purpose is that they be sung in Babylon. And so when we come here, thank God for Zion. I mean, I'm like, yo, 
please, let's do some more worship. You don't know, I'm thirsty. But as we sing the songs of Zion, hallelujah, it's so that we can sing those same songs in Babylon. And for you, most of you, Babylon starts tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Hallelujah. You know, the challenge with us is that we want to stay in Zion. We want to sing the songs of Zion in Zion. We are lamenting by the rivers of Babylon, remembering Zion. We are, thank God it's Friday. But God is saying, it's time to switch to, thank God it's Monday. Hallelujah. It's time for me to go to Babylon. Hallelujah. And you cannot give what you do not have. But I thank God for the songs of Zion that I received in Zion. So I know what to give in Babylon. Come on. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 5. Paul gives a fearful speech. And he's speaking to his spiritual son. And he says, I charge you. This one is a charge. And you know, in, in simpler language, it's a command. We are not playing here. It's a command. And he says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus. He's mentioning his boss. I charge you before my boss. Who will judge the living and the dead that is appearing in his kingdom? Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have been itching or they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Fables. But you, come on, say, but me. What do we do? Be watchful in all things, endure affliction, talk to me, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Come on. And so the few thoughts that we find here in Discover the Evangelist in you, he says, proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it's convenient and when it's not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Ghost. With wisdom and patience, the Amplified says, with inexhaustible patience. Be alert to all these things. Overcome every evil. Do the work of an evangelist. Ephesians 2.10 declares, for we are God's masterpiece. You know, one of the challenges of Babylon is that they will take away your self-esteem very quickly. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good work that he planned for us long ago. <laughs> you are created for good work. You are God's masterpiece. You know, if pastor did not send us out in 1999, I would have left before or after. Because I don't know how you can sit under the teaching of Bishop Don Matheny and still, you're still here. It's, it's hard for me to understand. Yo, how do you guys do it? <laughs> and you know, I carry the same spirit to the nations. 
And, and it doesn't mean that you have to go to Zambia, to all these nations. That's good. But tomorrow, Babylon is waiting. Babylon is waiting. And I want to show you, these guys asked, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How do we do it? Write this down. Number one, your work is part of your worship. Your work is part of your worship. Now, in the, the ancient Hebrews had a deep understanding of how faith and work came together to the degree that they have one word. So, there is one word in the Hebrew. The root word in the Hebrew, which is avodah, means work, worship, and serve. It's the same word. The same root word in the Hebrew is avodah, which means work, which means worship, which means service or serve. Avoda in the area where work is concerned, in Exodus 34 verse 21, it says, six days you shall work. In Psalm 104 verse 23, then man goes out to his work. Come on, read with me. Then man goes out to his work, to his labor until evening. Avoda also means worship, Exodus 8.1. This is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship, avoda me. Avoda also means service, Joshua 24 verse 15. But as for me and my household, we will avoda the Lord. Now, this is an interesting statement. That it's a powerful image to think that the word for working in the fields is the same word that is used for worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So tomorrow, when they ask you, where are you going? You say, I'm going to worship. Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Whether you work in a salon, whether you work in a bank, whether you work in education, it doesn't matter. I'm going to worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, the exclusivity of the Sunday celebration service has taken away the worship aspect just for Sunday. But basically, we worship every day. So tomorrow, hallelujah, when they ask you, where are you going? I, 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 I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. And when you get to your office, what are you carrying? You're carrying the songs of Zion. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Work is worship. Avoda is a picture of an integrated faith. A life where work and worship come from the same root word, the same foundation. The second thing I want to talk about is this. Number two. Business, government, education, farming, entertainment, the private sector, etc. need to be reconciled and aligned to the Lordship of Christ. Now in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 in the Passion Translation says, And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent. Restored to innocence again. You see, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but Jesus is Lord of all things. 
It's not just salvation. Now, the late Dr. Paul Chinchen redefined traditional missions. He was dedicated to holistic missions, what is referred today as the seven mountains. And these seven mountains are family, religion or spirituality, business, economy and finance, politics, government, education, media, which is communication, and the arts, which is entertainment, celebration, and sports. And so we have been called to the ministry of reconciliation, not just to reconcile individuals to Christ, but to reconcile these mountains. Now, the spiritual reality is that they've already been reconciled by the blood of his cross. Our role is to enforce it. So you are called to government, you're called to business, you're called to education, you're called to the private sector, you're called to farming entertainment. Your role is not just to lead individuals to Christ, but to restore and reconcile the whole industry. You know, when God began to show me about, or to begin to show me and, and began to increase our influence in South Africa, you know, I have, a, I have a businessman who is the president of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, the Maputo chapter. And so he invited me over to Maputo, Mozambique, to speak to this group of men and women. And these are top echelons of government in Mozambique. And this is what he does. Every time he invites me, and, and that was the, the first introduction I had to this concept that God, by the blood of his cross, what he has done in Christ, he has reconciled all things to himself. And I remember going there, he tells me, he just sits me down, he tells me, Alfred, remove pasta from your head. Remove. He says, I don't want to hear, come on now. I don't want to hear, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I don't want to hear, turn to your neighbor, uh -huh. And, you know, and the worst thing is that, come on now, is how we finish our sentences. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Am I talking to someone today? Come on. You see, I also just said, come on, just now. But he told me, I don't want to hear that because this level is a different level. You have to talk to them in a different way. And make sure that your PowerPoint presentations are excellent. Because this is corporate. And I began to understand that God wants, God has already done it. He's already reconciled. What is my point? You work in these sectors. And I want to show you in a while, what do you bring to that sector? So when you come to church, now is you're being filled up. You're being filled up. You're being filled up. Come on. When you leave this place, you know what you are going bringing to Babylon tomorrow. You must know. You're there for a reason. You're not, you don't work 40 hours. You don't have, don't spend all your energy on the five hours. Say, I'm an usher. Thank you for ushering. But that's not your actual calling. Your calling is where you spend the 40 hours. In a week. Come on. Not just to bring individuals to Christ. But believe God for that sector. If you're in government, believe for that. <laughs> if you're in education, 
believe God for the whole sector. Why? Because it's the Babylonians who are saying, sing us a song of Zion. He's right there asking for it. So don't be intimidated by your issues. Don't focus. No, 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 no. There's a task that is at hand. Come on. Hallelujah. And the worst thing is someone who doesn't even know the Bible as you do, come passing you and tapping into what God wants to do. Eish, that for me is a great tragedy. Whether it's in school, whether you're a student, you have been called. Believe God for souls, but believe God for that, the education sector. Your whole school. And not just the school, the education sector. Politics, government. By the blood of his cross, he has reconciled all things. Jesus is Lord of all. Ekilakitu, everything. Not just salvation, everything. Come on, hallelujah. It is a difficult thing to preach 35 minutes, hallelujah. Finally, you discover the evangelist in you by intentionally taking a faithful and a fruitful presence into your workspace. Now, listen carefully because this is the how. Luke 10.3, God, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. This is one I'll go very through very quickly. And then we'll pray. A faithful presence means representing the character of Christ at your workplace. Through integrity, through moral ethics, work ethics, trustworthiness, timekeeping. That's how you bring a faithful presence into your workplace. So when you're late, you're making the message weak. If you're a late karma and an early liver, <laughs> you're weakening the message. Am I talking? Hallelujah. You know, we say, are you talking? Ukuluma. Ukuluma. Yes, your kuluma in fundisi. Hallelujah. The second one is a fruitful presence. What does this mean? Asking how you can bring attributes of the kingdom. Like what? Righteousness, peace and joy, faith, love and hope. To the brokenness in your workspace. What is the evidence of brokenness in your workspace? In my context, we deal with racism gender-based violence, addiction to alcohol and gambling, poor money management, divorce. These are the brokenness issues. You're there to bring a fruitful presence. As you're working, as you're living your life, someone will come alongside you who's going through a tough time. And you're there as the wolf. You now reveal the lamb. And you reveal Christ to them. That's your role. So tomorrow... Somebody say tomorrow. tomorrow. What are you bringing? You're bringing a faithful presence. What is that? By bringing about the character of Christ in your workspace. Integrity, honesty, trustworthiness. And then a fruitful presence. You're dealing with the brokenness. How do you do it? By bringing, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you go to work tomorrow, Open the door and say, how are you? How is everyone? <laughs> what are you doing? You're bringing joy to that space. 
You're not the one who says, yo, Monday again. No, not you. You are carrying the songs of Zion. So you bring joy. Somebody say joy. Somebody say joy. (laughs) How many of you feel better equipped for tomorrow? For Babylon. Amen. And we thank God for that. And so today I want you to have a sense of I will bring the songs of Zion to Babylon. That I'm there for a reason. Those 40 hours are there for a reason. Amen. And if you want greater grace, you're saying, Pastor, I just need greater grace in these aspects. I just need help me, Jesus. Come on, fill your tongue today. Amen. If you're saying, I just need prayer, just agree with me. Just raise your hand all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Shalabo zinta katata. Just begin. Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, Baba Sata. He that prays in the Holy Ghost edifies himself. Shate kayabo zete kalaba. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Here katabo zente kelebo zatakaka. Here alabo zete kayabo shinderere. I pray over you today. A greater grace to be watchful in all things. To endure afflictions, to do the work of an evangelist, and to fulfill your ministry. May God grant you the grace to sing songs of Zion in Babylon. And as sons of the kingdom, as sons and daughters of Zion, you will enforce the spiritual reality that by the blood of his cross, God in Christ has reconciled all things to himself for his glory. For his glory, for his glory. Receive greater grace today. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we bless you and we honor you for it. Come on, receive it right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you today. We honor you. We worship you today. What an amazing God we serve. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. And all God's people say, Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. And don't forget, carry your song. Carry the songs of Zion to Babylon. Amen.